Support for MindShift comes from Landmark College. Its annual Summer Institute for Educators takes place June 25th through 27th. Registration is now open at landmark.edu slash LCSI. From KQED. A couple of years ago at a high school in the west side of Chicago, a teacher named Mr. Julius asked his students to help him play an April Fool's Day prank on another teacher. Things didn't go exactly as planned. Here are Mr. Julius's former students, Ashley and Camilo. We always know Mr. Julius as like this great guy. He's always, you know, himself. He makes us laugh, we make him laugh, but we still get work done at the end of the day. And, um, we just thought that we needed to, to help him support him with that, with that one prank, but I mean, we didn't expect it to go that far. Mm-hmm. I was almost going to start breaking into tears because I'm like, oh my God, I just have him. So like, don't take him away. Like, I was so scared and everybody else was like in shock. Everybody was freaked out. I, I, seen some, <laughs> I, I seen some people that were trying to like pull out their phone and start recording everything. I'm Ki Sung and you're listening to Stories Teachers Share, a production of MindShift and KQED. Mr. Julius, Al Julius, is an English teacher at World Language High School. He wanted the students in his English class to help him prank another teacher, Alex Fernandez. Think of this joke as a game of keep away with a laptop. Here's Mr. Julius. So I was pretty dramatic about it, right? The bell rang and I said, shh, listen, we got to listen to me right now. April Fool's Day, right? I have Mr. Fernandez's laptop. We're not going to say anything. I'm going to put it in that cabinet over there. I'm going to lock it up. Because they just don't say anything. And then I think that just went into the lesson. The kids didn't really think that much about it. They kind of just laughed under their breath a little bit. They knew they were in on a joke. So they were like, yeah, we're going to help Mr. Julius with this joke. The kids were helping Mr. Julius by staying silent, or at least trying to stay silent, when Mr. Fernandez entered the room. Here's Mr. Fernandez. And then I go, hey, Julius, I really need the laptop because the network is coming in. The network is district-level administration. And... I'm supposed to do this planning with this woman from the network. Can you please help us? And he's like, I really don't have it. I'm like, are you sure, dude? Because I'm like freaking out and I need this. And he's like, I I don't have it. So then I leave the room. But then what I do is I start fake crying, like crocodile tears. And I walk up because the the classrooms, there's the door and there's a giant window so you can see into the hallway. So I just start pacing up and down the hallway like I'm crying, like I'm panicking and I don't know what to do. Out in the hallway, Mr. Fernandez sees the woman from the network. Her name was Jennifer. And I go, Jennifer, I go, do you want to be in on an April Fool's joke? And she goes, yes. And I don't know if it's human nature or what, but as soon as people can be in on a prank, right. like they're like, like the kids were, yeah, they are. Like once you can be in on a prank, it's like a human nature thing. Be like, yes, yes. Jennifer and Mr. Fernandez get ready to confront Mr. Julius about the laptop. So then she goes in and I'm standing there and she's like, Mr. Julius, me and Mr. Fernandez have to do this planning, you know, because I was going to do this lab and people were going to come into my classroom and it was like this big deal. And she's like, we need the laptop. We need to work on this. The joke, okay, fine, it's funny, but he needs it. We need it because he has to do this for me right now. And I go, Julius, I need the laptop. But I think you pull me toward the door because you don't want the kids to yeah, see cause it. I, yeah, because <laughs> if it was real, I mean, any good teacher – or professional, no matter where you are, you don't air your laundry in front of students or clients or whatever. The kids could see and they could kind of hear, but they saw that I was, like, upset. But I'm like, Julius, I need the laptop. I get it. You're joking. We always do these jokes, but I need it. This isn't you and me. 
This is the network. This is my job, and I need to do this plan. So I need the laptop. Yeah. And I think what happened was when you used that tone, again, when I became that master thespian, I also became, <laughs> I felt like I also started feeling that role where I started sweating. I remember very specifically when you used that, I started sweating. As Mr. Fernandez goes in and out of Mr. Julius's classroom, it's worth remembering that Mr. Julius is with his students. He's trying to teach a lesson on note-taking, but the students were getting really uncomfortable because of the duress they were quietly witnessing Mr. Fernandez suffer. The kids at that point really kind of saw you and was like, Mr. Fernandez is never upset. So when you close the door at that point, then they start asking questions. They said, Mr. Julius, this isn't right. Mr. Fernandez, he's your friend, and then he said... This is his job. He did say it was his job. And I said, you know what? You're right. It is his job. But sometimes people have to learn. And I don't know. <laughs> what does that even mean? I remember you told me that. I don't know. What I don't know. It's like something like Goodfellas or something. It's like, what, what, am I, what does that mean? Does he have to learn that he can't leave his stuff around? Is it, it is an April Fool's joke. <laughs> you know, so. It was just very broad in general. So he has to learn. And then, you know, younger, it's easier. When they get older, they don't always do this. But as an adult, you do play an important role. And you have to be ethical. Because when he says he needs to learn, kids go, well, if the teacher said it, yeah, clearly he does need to learn. That's a good point. Yeah, he does need right. to learn. But it's like, but they never to go to the next step and be like, wait, learn what, though? Right. As soon as an adult says something, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mr. Fernandez then makes another attempt to get his laptop, and a short while later, he comes back to class. I was like on the verge of tears, and I'm like, Julius, I need my laptop. I need it now because this has gone out of control, and I'm sick of your jokes, and I'm sick of this. And, but then I don't, I don't know if we can do it on the podcast or not, but I was, I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. You do this all the time and you're always playing your stupid jokes. I want my laptop. And I think I reciprocated with that. You've never heard you swear. I don't think the students, and they, I rarely do very, especially with sophomores. But I think I said that I was like, I don't have a laptop. And when I said that, a hush on the crowd. So their kids are like, whoa. Like they both just swore at each other. That this has to be real. It has to be. They would never do this. They can't. And this is when things got serious. Or at least, that's how it felt for the students. I remember a few kids, and they said, it's just a joke. But at that point, then they started maybe possibly thinking it was real. Because even before, people were kind of upset. Like, yes. you shouldn't do this. And they and then they were like, he's just playing a joke, Mr. Julius. I know him. I know Julius. And at that point, it's like, we don't know Julius. Like, you're going too far. Again, Mr. Fernandez leaves. He's empty-handed. But he happens upon another idea. So then what happened is I come out of the classroom. And like I said, this thing just became this, like, organic, like, the security guard was in the hallway. So then I'm like, hey, man. I'm like... You want to get out on an April Fool's joke? Once again, human nature. He goes, yes, of course. Why wouldn't I want to get in on an April Fool's joke? I love it, you know? So I'm like, is the cop in? Because we have like a police liaison, which is standard in most schools. And he's like, yeah, you know what? He is in. We see the cop, we go, hey, you want to get on an April Fool's joke? And he goes, of course. So it's me, the liaison officer, and uh, the security guard. And the security guard walks into Julius's room and goes, Mr. Julius, we know you have... Mr. Fernandez's laptop. If you don't give it to him, we're going to have to file an investigation. Once again, what the hell does that even mean? (laughs) But when you're students, you're like, well, file an investigation sounds like official, you know? 
So he says So the that, kids get really nervous. Like, yeah. And they just blurt out, I think, at that point. Because before, they were protecting me and didn't want the joke to go bad for, for me, right? Yeah. So they still, at that point, didn't want you to, to find the laptop because they were protecting me and wanted my joke to continue on you. And at that point, kids blurt out, he has it. Give it to him. Just give it to him. Just, just give it to him. Like at that point, they knew that I was locked in. it wasn't the in. joke. They didn't even care about the joke. They yeah. wanted to protect him. I was already locked knew. into that joke. And they knew it. And they were like, we got to help this guy. No, he has it. Just give it to him. And I just kind of just kept going and said, I don't. So the security guard's like, fine. So then the cop goes, all right, I'm going to have to, you know, let's go. And so once again, I think it's this weird thing. And I bring up the prisoner's experiment. The famous 1971 Stanford Prisoners Experiment was a psychological test of how people adapt to their assigned roles. A professor designated college students into groups of prisoners and guards, and the students took on their roles too well. The experiment ended abruptly. So the officer goes to grab Julius and just to escort him out into the hallway before we do our big, you know, ha-ha. But what happened was Julius pulls his arm away and is like, don't touch me. And the cop takes him and cuffs him behind the back. Oh, no. And Julius starts struggling. Like, he's like, get your hands off me. And then the cop slams Julius on the... You got a bruise on my face? Yeah, on the board. And, but we were all, but we knew too, though, at the same time, it was like, I think we were okay with it because we, it's like a roller coaster where it's just the right amount of danger, but you know, it's not going to lead into anything. Right. And then, so the cop slams him and then he takes him out into the hallway he takes me to the bathroom and says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Because what happened at that moment was I just felt like this like primal wave of panic come over me, right? Like this thing that is actually, could this be real in my head? I'm getting handcuffed right now, and I am really struggling. And why did I do that? Because it just kind of came out of me. It's a joke. But I did fling but is my that, arm did, we acci- did I accidentally I know, just, do something real yeah, in the middle right, of exactly. this joke? It was is like it Alfred, really cuffing me for slapping? It was it? like Alfred Hitchcock and his lifelong like just uh, fear of being arrested and put in jail like and so for some reason i thought of that because i'm a hitchcock fan so i thought oh my god like i'm the wrong man this is happening to me <laughs> right like for, for a split inst- like instant i thought yeah you know, not that i thought consciously of it but i thought there was like a panic sense in me so you know when he does that he does fling me against the wall and, and, and he cuts my wrists even he tells me. but i thought i pushed him you know i was like can something happen to me from a joke like i was just <laughs> you know what i mean i don't want to come back and say i was assaulting like a, a police officer it was part of a prank but i did like Push him around, or I tried to. I, I couldn't because he was much bigger than I was. But, but anyway, I come in the classroom. The police officer still has me. He has me by but the arm. But at this point, you're uncuffed. No, I'm uncuffed. And I his have arms my... are behind his back, so it looks like he's still cuffed, but he's not. I and, the, and the cop still has him. And I yeah. see girls with tears down their face at that point, right? And they're, oh, I come in, and everybody just gives me their full rapt attention. I said, class, before I go, because I might be going away, I said, i got to tell you one more thing. It's very important. Can you listen, please? I just bring out my hands and say, April Fool's. And I think that for a moment, nobody <laughs> said anything. It was, it was hard to register for them. For a few seconds, there's silence. And then I forgot, I there was a couple of kids, I might have been like, oh my God! Right? It's like she's going to be completely just That's what they say. They go, when you do something like out of the ordinary or something that's just like above, like just high levels of prestige, the students always go, you snap! And I remember that. They were like, you guys, snap! Coming up after the break, the two pranksters discover the surprising acts of concern and sacrifice from the students. One boy offered to take the fall for Mr. Julius. He said, Mr. Julius, you know what? Just blame it on me. 
I can say that I took the laptop and nothing will happen to you. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Stories Teachers Share. You just heard Alex Fernandez and Al Julius recount this over-the-top April Fool's Day prank. Now remember, there were two pranks. The prank played by Mr. Fernandez and Mr. Julius on the kids, and the prank Mr. Julius's students thought they were helping their teacher play on Mr. Fernandez. When Mr. Julius was hauled away, one resourceful student acted quickly. One of my students, a girl, as soon as I was taken out, she got up and ran to my desk looking for my cell phone, looking for any information, looking for my wife's phone number so she could call my wife. Imagine if I had left my cell phone there. But most of the time, Mr. Julius was in the class with his students. In between Mr. Fernandez's demands for his laptop, an unexpected offer was made to Mr. Julius by one of his students. Another student who kind of known as somebody, he was in and out of school and he had been, he'd been court for different things and everything and uh, known for causing other uh, teachers some uh, issues. And uh, he came to me and he said, or actually called me over there. He said, Mr. Julius, you know what? Just blame it on me. I can say that I took the laptop and nothing will happen to you because I know that at this point, it's like you can get in trouble. And I said, I don't know, maybe. I, I could get in trouble at this point, I guess. Because I said, it is a network and he is serious about it too. So at that point, I knew that, wow, this is like the first instance in this hour where students really kind of the depth of their personality came out. Like, just like the, who they are as people. You know, for him, he always had this wall up, always had this shield. And it's kind of one of, also, if you talk about, like, a lot of the, some of the gang members in our, in our school, they always have this wall or shield put up. It's almost like a dehumanizing thing almost, right? So, like, kind of, there was this pure humanity that came out of this kid at this moment that was surprising to me, that he didn't have that mask of the hard look and the hard face that he can't be messed with and that kind of demeanor that he gave off kind of left him for a moment. That's what surprised me too, right? In some way, we have to realize that for these 45 minutes, right, I'm like his person. And he might look forward to those 45 minutes every single day that he has, that he doesn't have other people. He doesn't have a support circle. He doesn't have any adults that he's ever trusted. He trusts me. So in that moment, I did realize like, wow, like even if I don't think or specifically or consciously reach out to certain students, in some way, I must have because he offered to do that for me. 
I'm curious. I don't know if you talked about it in advance, but what were you hoping to get out of this April Fool's prank? It was selfish. I just wanted to laugh. <laughs> it was for me and him. We just wanted to, I mean, at least for me, I thought, it, like, when we did it, it was just a joke. We weren't trying to, like, find the meaning to life, and we definitely, like, we thought it'll be funny for them. They'll laugh, and they'll get a kick out of it. So it was schadenfreude. That's what it was. It was like we would get a kick out of tricking them, thinking that they were in on it, and then we would laugh and tell them, and then they would laugh, and that was it. You know, I thought it was going to be like a 10-minute thing, like it was going to be a real quick thing. Yeah, I think that's right. It was just fun, really. But at the same time, I did want to include them in something because uh, I think that some teachers might think it's a little bit dangerous because they kind of see you and not as an authority figure if you're really close to them or see you as like just like a guy who's like really silly. I don't know, maybe it was just silly that day, a silly thought, and I had that. So just kind of including them in on it, including them in something silly. It was that ultimate affection. I did feel affection. I do feel affection for students. And like doing that, if I didn't really like them or I didn't like that particular class, I never would have thought about doing that. It was supposed to just be a joke, but then I was moved because I'm like, you know, we're with these kids nine months out of the year and day in and day out and stuff. And it's like these kids really... There's the amount of like trust they had in us and what they have in us. Right, and the, amount, and the way they they see me, and like we're so shocked by this behavior that just something I wouldn't do. They're just first of all unkind and cruel to you. They were shocked by that. But I think also when other classes uh, were asking about why didn't you do an art class for them, it was like the ultimate sign of affection. You know, we showed our true selves to them. It was like the ultimate sign. Like you were, we're special because they did it for us. That kind of thing where it's like a prank. They love it. They get it, and. We took time to do the silly thing for you, and we did this thing, and we did it because it's a joke. And who do you joke with? Your friends, your inner circle. And so for us to do this thing and stuff, I think they got it. And I think to be a teacher, you have to have a certain mentality about working with youth. When I first heard about the prank and the details of a teacher being slammed against a wall by a cop in front of his students, the first image that popped into my mind was that of the student in South Carolina who was flipped in her desk by a police officer last fall for not getting up from her seat. No one needs that kind of violence in the classroom. But for this prank, at this high school, what the teachers pulled off was seen as legendary. Here are students Ashley and Camilo. It's like every senior knows that prank. So even picking our class period, Julius and Fernandez yeah. could have picked any other class period, but he picked our class period. And being involved in that was like actually pretty cool because it's like something you could like keep telling them and like talk about with Mr. Julius and Fernandez. Do you remember that day going home to tell your parents? Or <laughs> actually, went home and I told my mom right away. I was like, "Oh my god, mom, you're not gonna believe what our teacher did." And then I told her, "It's like, oh wow." Like, I couldn't have, like, she didn't believe that a, that a teacher could do that because she thought that teachers were very just professional. But, like, Mr. Julius and Fernandez have that energy and they have that personality that just comes out and you're just like, oh, we could actually get along with this teacher. So the fact that they were the two teachers that are, like, the craziest ones in our school did the prank on us was, like, actually pretty crazy. Yeah, adding on to that, it made me get to know my teacher a lot better. It was a good feeling that we were all getting along, you know, after that day. We were just friendly overall. It was just uh, it was a good thing to happen. So it was like the ultimate icebreaker? Correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most insane one so far, so, yeah. Mr. Fernandez and Mr. Julius give off that energy that makes kids feel welcome. And they don't have to wait for a special occasion to show their wacky sides to kids. Here's Camila recalling a lesson from Mr. Fernandez. He would read off a book, and then he would stand on the chair, on a rolling chair. And everybody would be like, why are you standing on a rolling chair? 
and it'll be like, oh, um, studies have shown, he started talking about his students memorize more things when they see an, uh, an awkward situation. So you just see him rolling, turning slowly on the, on the rolling chair, standing up, <laughs> just reading us, to, reading to us from the book. We're all just looking at trying not to look at him and everything. And then it worked. After college, Camilo and Ashley want to become educators. And they have these teachers to thank. You know, just it's super fun every day. Um, I come out with a new experience and something new that I learned, and I want to be able to, to do that back. You know, I want to make future students smile and like know that school isn't boring or it isn't just work, but it's also just a great place to stay to be at. Mr. Julius and Mr. Fernandez are like awesome English teachers, so you like enjoy the class, but you also have like Ms. Farfan and Mr. Rogers that support you. Like they're your family, and we have our counselors and our other teachers, and they're just. Everybody here in the school is just really fantastic and supportive towards the students. Yeah, adding on to what she said, our school is really small, and it really gives us a chance to get to know each and every single one of our teachers. Once you start being cool with them, they start being cool with you too. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really cool thought, because I always thought that you should be afraid of your teacher, or always like, yes sir, yes sir, you know, yes ma'am. But you know, here at Language High School, it's really fun and active every day. It's been a couple of years since this legendary April Fool's Day prank. Here's what Mr. Julius and Mr. Fernandez have been cooking up since then. So there's like other jokes and little pranks and things we do. So I think they just kind of like, you know, yeah. when is this going to happen again? That's why we took a year off last year. Yeah. Cause we <laughs> that did. was the prank? <laughs> that was the prank. Nothing yeah, happened. Nothing happened. They were all on edge like, well, clearly this is going to be something gangbusters. And it's like, no. You know, <laughs> we didn't do we're going to lull them into thinking everything's into okay. complacency before we hit them this yeah. year. Do you have anything planned for this year? We did have a few ideas, yeah. But uh, I, I, I must admit, I might have stolen it from Monty Python. So we'll see. <laughs> which one? Which one? Uh, it might, and, and again, if we ask people and they say that's going too far, then that's the right joke, right? <laughs> that's how I know it's good. But it might, might involve a mannequin wearing your clothes. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, with the. <laughs> we also came up with one where it would be buy a fake taser, and then I would just walk and be like, Julius, I bought this on eBay. It was cheap, man. Look at it. And he's like, oh, let me see. Let me try it. And then somehow it would involve him, like, fumbling and then accidentally, like, and then me putting Alka-Seltzer in my mouth and being like, ah. But the thing is, that did have to be just the beginning. Good luck with your prank, guys. And good luck to the students, too. I'm Ki Sung, and Katrina and I want to say thank you for listening to Stories Teachers Share, a production of MindShift and KQED. We're so grateful to you, our listener, for being a part of this experience. We're going to take a tiny break from making the podcast. We're still learning how to do this. So if you have any comments or suggestions, send us a note or write a review on iTunes. And if you want to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe. And there are other ways to stay in touch with us. Check out our daily blog for great reporting on learning and education at mindshift.kqed.org. Or you can join our Facebook and Twitter community at MindShiftKQED. Our team includes Jacob Conrad and Seth Samuel. Special thanks to Alex Fernandez, Al Julius, Ashley, and Camilo at World Language High School. And if you have a story you'd like to share, email us at MindShiftStories at KQED.org. We're super thankful for all our teachers and the stories they've shared with us.
Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two. New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.